0: Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the 18th episode of the first season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am Paranormal Investigator Justin Torok.
1: I am Kayla Bolash, your local baddie bitch. And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I am a baddie bitch. What can I say? (laughs) I wasn't prepared.
0: (laughs) Since Mother's Day recently passed, and this podcast is all about haunted places and serial killers and things of that nature, we decided to do an episode on killer moms. Kayla, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, I'm going to start us off with actually a killer grandma. Um, So, like, obviously a mother, too. But it's just, it's really interesting that this old lady, uh, 70-year-old woman, was quite the murderer.
0: Jeez. Tell us all about it.
1: So, Dorothea Puente was a convicted serial killer in Sacramento, California, and her killing spree was in the 1980s. Um, Her main offense was she was running a boarding home for... Um, retirees, typically, um, people that needed not full-time, like assisted living, but may not be able to live alone anymore. So she would run these boarding houses. Um, but her only rule was you had to turn over your social security checks to me while you were staying here to pay for board, which I mean, if you have any familiarity with, um, how nursing homes work, that's kind of pretty basic practice. Your social security really does go to the home that you're living in. So for most people, this didn't really seem like a huge issue. So when Dorothea was 53 years old, um, she had a partner, a business partner that she was living with named Ruth Monroe. They rented a, uh, an apartment together and they lived together very briefly until one day Ruth overdosed on codeine and Tylenol. When the police showed up and asked Dorothea what happened, she said, oh, she was very depressed over how ill her husband had became and she killed herself. A few weeks later, a man named Malcolm McKenzie accused Puente of drugging him and stealing his pension at one point. Um, And he was a 74-year-old man. She ended up getting charged for this crime. And she did spend five years in jail. While she was spending her time in prison, she she found a pen pal. (laughs) 77-year-old Everson Gilmouth. Um, and when she was released in 1985, after serving three years only, she opened a joint bank account with her new pen pal.
2: Well,
1: yeah, I just opened a joint account with my fiancee <laughs> <citizen> of 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest not opening a bank account with your pen pal, especially when one of the people is in prison right. uh, for stealing money. <laughs> just gonna yeah. say, not a good idea. Fast forward a few months later in November, Puente has hired a handyman named Ismael Flores to install wood paneling in her home. After the job was completed, Puente paid him $800 and gave him a bonus of a red 1980 Ford pickup truck, the exact same model that uh, her pen pal drove. <laughs> uh-huh. oh my god. wait,
0: she gives him a truck.
1: As a bonus for a bonus. installing And he doesn't wood think floors. this is a red
0: flag or anything. <laughs> no, he thinks so it's a red happens. board.
1: Just- <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, That's gonna hurt somebody's ears because I just. <laughs> that was too good. That was so good. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs>
1: Kayla's on a roll today. She is.
0: <laughs> is he, uh, is the pen pal dead yet?
1: The pen pal is very much dead. Um, So, she told Flores that the truck belonged to her boyfriend, who gave it to her. Um, She also hired the same handyman to build a box that was six feet by three feet by two feet, which she said she was just going to use for storage, just for, like, books and things. That's a coffin. Yeah, I was going to say, she put a body in there. (laughs) She's storing books, Justin. What are you talking
2: about? Oh, my gosh. Little old lady's asking you for basically a coffin, and you're just like, oh, yeah, here you go.
1: Well. Jesus. Her and the handyman then traveled to a highway in Sutter County and dumped the box in a river. He asked no questions and just helped her move the box. She said these were old books that she just didn't want anymore. And instead
0: of throwing them away in a dumpster... He doesn't think there's a red flag. Wow. That they're putting a coffin-sized box in the river. It
1: That's... had books. This, this old woman <laughs> clearly stated that it was just filled with books. I can understand why like, the guy believed, because she looks like a cute little old lady. Well, yeah, and at this point, she's, like, in her late 50s, like, going into her 60s. She's not that old. Yeah. So it's it's like, like, weird. Who throws yeah. a
0: box of books in the river? Well.
1: <laughs> I mean, us on the podcast would be, like, red flag, but maybe other people just don't think of
2: it that way. They're gullible. That gullible. Well,
1: a few months later... On January 1st of 1986, the box was recovered by fishermen and called the police and when the police arrived, they opened the box and found the remains of an elderly man who would be identified three years later as Everson Gilmouth. Wow. During this time, Puente collected Gilmouth's pension and forged letters to his family. Puente continued to house elderly and disabled tenants in her boarding house that she owned at this point. And while they all lived there, she read their mail and took their money and their social security checks every single time they would come in the mail. Like, she was taking it all. Wow. She paid each of them monthly little, like, allowances that they were allowed to have, which also, if you know anything about nursing homes, pretty normal. They take your, pretty much all of your income, anything that you're getting, and they'll be like, here's 200 bucks. Right. Have fun. Whatever you want to do with it, knock yourself out. Well, her house was visited by the police um, several times because she was on parole. So, you know, they had to check up on her. Her parole officer was coming, making sure things were good. They thought things were fine. So, you know, it is what it is. And then, you know, despite frequent visits, they never were able to say, hey, like, where are all of these missing residents? Like, you know, they're they're supposed to be living here, but people are saying they've only received letters from their loved ones. They can't get them on the phone. Like, have you seen them? They're like, oh, no, they checked out, like, months ago. Heard, <laughs> haven't heard from them. Like, no worries. Don't worry about it. Um, and they started becoming very, very suspicious when things started getting rearranged in the backyard. There were holes being dug. Oh my there gosh. was flowers <laughs> being planted all over the place. Neighbors became very suspicious when Puente stated that she adopted a homeless man named Chief. And uh, that was her live-in handyman now. Oh goodness. Yes. This is a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. And the thing is, she just looked like this elderly woman. Like, she was in her 60s. Her late 50s, 60s while she was doing this, which... I mean, now we think of, like, 50s and 60s, and people look a lot better now, thanks to plastic surgery, I would like to say, and filler. <laughs> Skin but um, Yeah, you know, technology was not quite as advanced in the days, so this just looked like a woman getting ready for retirement, and she was still able to take care of people, so she said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make sure all these people are taken care of while I can do it. Yeah, no one really thought anything of it. She was just this...
0: while wow, she was digging holes in the back of the bodies <laughs> yeah. and planting flowers well, on top of them.
1: Then they got suspicious about the holes. Oh, my God. Chief um, was actually digging in the basement. They had a soil-based basement. Um, and they were getting ready to pour some concrete in there to finish things off. You know, the usual digging holes in your basement, filling them with concrete. Of course. Just the things, you know, John Wayne Gacy would do. I was I don't just know. about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally going to say she's pulling a Gacy, but I was like, I don't bring it up right now. <laughs> well, in November of 1988, another tenant of Puente's house, um, his name was Alvaro Montoyo, disappeared. Montoyo was developmentally disabled and had schizophrenia. And he failed to show up for a few meetings that he was scheduled for um, and people began a little concerned and his social worker then reported him missing. Police did show up at the boarding house and did start to search the property because they did have records that that was his last known address and she didn't really have an explanation as to where he was going to go. So they started investigating, but she wasn't really considered a suspect. They were more just concerned like, hey, can we find anything in the house to figure out? Um, where Mr. Montoya went. Eventually, Puente was charged with nine counts of murder for the seven bodies that they found at her house, in addition to um, Gilmouth and then eventually Montoya as well.
0: Wow.
1: She was convicted of the three murders... And a jury could not agree on the other six. So unfortunately, she was really only charged with um, three out of the nine counts. How can you not
0: agree on the other six?
1: When when their bodies were in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Or in the house, I should say. Um, Yeah, so it's really interesting, actually. When she was arrested, she (laughs) was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. But I gotta go run some errands real quick. You think you could, like, arrest me later? (laughs) And they let her go. Because she was this older woman, and they were like, oh, she's got to go do some things. Like, we're just searching. So, you know, they're searching her property and searching the backyard, and she was like, do I have to be here? Like, could I go? And they're like, well, we're searching for missing people in your house, so, like, you do kind of need to be here. And she's like, no, I got plans. And what she just hell? dipped out, but she did come back later and did end up getting arrested.
2: That's insane. Wow. They need, like, a new, like, police place here wherever the (laughs) hell i forget where it is sacramento yeah well this was in the
1: 80s which i mean 40 years ago so yeah she ended up serving her sentence in the central california women's facility in madera county california until she died um in 2011 at the age of 82 she still until her death date insisted that all of her uh bodies were people that died of natural causes
0: wow you don't bury them. Well, the, why don't bury them? You don't take, take them their, somewhere. You don't keep, continue to take their checks, <laughs> write letters to the families, and bury the Pretend bodies in the basement alive. in your backyard. Well,
1: Dorothea Puente <laughs> does.
0: She's crazy. <laughs> Isn't there a Netflix documentary on her? There is.
1: I actually have not watched the Netflix documentary yet. Um, I found mm. this case thanks to um, one of my favorite podcasts, Morbid, a true crime podcast. Oh, I and hear about that one. They're really great, yeah. Um,
0: they, not better than Ghost Encounters. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
1: my God. Ash and Elena, I love you. <laughs> they did a deep, deep dive. I mean, I did a very quick, quick overview right. You can get into the murders of just about all nine of these people, and if you would like more information, their case that they did and their podcast was phenomenal. Yeah. The amount of information they found is
0: just crazy. They probably get into detail about every individual. Oh my god! One I and- mean.
1: If anyone is familiar with Ash and Elena's podcast, um, Elena is a mortician technician. So she's like very, very detail-oriented about absolutely everything. Sorry, autopsy technician, not mortician. Um, Autopsy tech, yeah. So she's like super, super into like the like nitty gritty of things. And she's just like very type A and finds everything. So holy crap, the information that they found on her, she was (laughs) a monster. Did they do?
2: Um, like a psych eval on this woman when she was arrested? Did they... Like, Not that I saw. About?
1: It seems like she was just an evil bitch who just didn't want to work for her own That's money insane. and was taking it from old people. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy.
0: That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It, if you look at pictures of her, some people think she just looks like a sweet old lady. Personally, I, I, I th- think she looks a little... I don't know. Some of the pictures I see of her looks like she looks like she's been dead for ten years. Well her <laughs> she...
1: grandson is very adamant that they had a lovely relationship and that she was very, very sweet to everyone.
2: Some pictures she looks normal and then other pictures like the picture that they chose for um like, I, I'm assuming that it was when she got arrested. Yeah. The that they did on the Netflix thing. Yeah. Some of it the looked, like, she looks creepy. That little smile yeah. creeps me out. She
1: does have a really creepy smile that she does poke out from time to time. But even in, like, court and everything, like, she just looked like a grandma. Wow. She
0: looks oh, really yeah. old there.
2: Yeah. She looks scary. Mm-hmm. She, those glasses and everything with, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Did anything happen with her handyman?
1: Um he pretty much helped
0: her commit these murders and hide the bodies I'm pretty
1: sure she probably ended up killing him to be quite honest (laughs) Um, seeing that there were a whole bunch of other murders but I don't have him specifically in my notes however her home is still standing and you can go visit it And they do have a dummy of her holding a shovel in the backyard. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Oh my gosh.
0: Is this a, uh, is this one's home or like an Airbnb or something?
1: Um, home of notorious serial killer where elderly tenants were buried in the yard opens as a macabre tourist attraction. And there's even a model of the murderer holding a spade. (laughs) That is crazy. That's awesome. That is so great. Of course. I just found this looking up pictures of her.
2: Wow, that's
1: crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a museum that you can walk through. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah,
0: they wow. have her holding a shovel. Oh yeah, they do God. some
1: like Norman Bates shit. It like, yeah. really is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yep. So that was Dorothea Puente. Awesome. Wow. That was that was crazy. Yeah, was a crazy ride for I, in there. I, yeah. <laughs> who who would have thought, grandmas?
0: Yeah, I guess it goes to show, no matter how old you are, if you're crazy, you're crazy. Yeah,
1: you can kill yeah. someone somehow.
0: So, Jordan, which killer mom did you look up?
2: So, I actually found somebody by the name of Claudia Mihangos. Um, she basically was raised in um, a functional, middle-class family environment. And um, she was actually, at one point, um, a beauty queen in the city that she lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, she later got married and had three children by the names of Claudia, Anna, and Alfredo. Ironically, her husband's name is also Alfredo. So they had two kids that are named after them. Alfredo. Like, that... I just think of my fiance in this. Like, when your whole family has the same damn name, and then you call their name, and then they all turn at the same time. I just watched a
1: TikTok. This is, like, it's related, I promise. I watched a TikTok that was Family Feud... And Steve Harvey was asking the guy what his name was. And he was like, oh, "Oh, my name's Obu. And he's like, what's your last name? And he was like, my last name's Obu. And his sister goes, you should ask him what his middle name is. And he goes, what's your middle name? And he goes, Obu. His name is Obu, Obu, Obu. And he said, well, who named you? And he said, my dad. And Steve Harvey said, okay, well, is your dad alive? And he said, yeah, he's right there in the audience. And he said, sir, what is your name? And he said, Oh boo oh <laughs> that was a
2: great video oh I was tackling but yeah so basically they had two of their kids named after uh, their parents well them um, so they quickly developed marital problems and she began to show signs of emotional instability so she was basically losing her mind um, it was reported by her family and friends that she wasn't exactly mentally stable anymore and they did try counseling to repair their marriage and it just didn't work out Um... There's also documented history of her attacking her husband with bladed weapons, Jeez. which leads to what we're about to get into. Um, and at 33 years old, she began to experience psychotic attacks um, in the months before she tragically killed all of her kids. Um, this involved like hallucinations of like demons and angels, and um, it basically left her tormented.
0: How do you go your whole life and being like somewhat normal and all of a sudden... Boom, like yeah. a switch and yeah. having hallucinations of demons and all kinds Dang. of crap.
2: I didn't find anything about her um, getting into like an accident or anything, but later I have in my notes that she actually suffered from um, temporal lobe, lobe epilepsy. Ooh. Oh. So yeah, she had like focal seizures and all of that other stuff. So I don't know the specifics that much about it, but um, it basically can make you hallucinate and all this other stuff. I mean, well, that would make
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, um, later on, she claimed that the voices in her head were from a friendly priest from her children's school, whom she eventually fell in love with.
1: Um, wait, are priests secular?
2: Yeah, it, it, yeah, uh, this lady just really lost herself. Uh-huh. Um, she became obsessed with the guy by the name, um, Father Ramon. Then it led to her separating from Alfredo, her husband, in 1989, um, she separated from him, she claims because of a telepathic request by her little friend in her head.
0: Jeez. Um,
2: yeah so and that was in the same she separated with him the same year her kids were murdered. We'll get to that um, then it also was reported that new voices started to fill her head with other terrifying thoughts basically about needing to take out her kids so um, yeah. yeah so I mean she to say was, no. she was really messed up mentally oh yeah. And she actually was put on medication, but then she stopped taking this medication right around the time of her marital problems. Of course. Because she was previously diagnosed, like I said, with that epilepsy. Um, So basically we'll get to the murders that happened April 23rd in 1989. Her husband went and got the kids from school and dropped them off at her house. Um, Apparently the two got in like a huge argument um, with her involvement, quote unquote involvement, with this father Ramon. And um, he actually, the husband, wanted to get back together with her. Mm -hmm. She, of course, was like, hell no, rejected him, and defended her quote-unquote lover. Um, Before he left, it was reported that she threatened her husband by telling him he would be sorry. And then after that, she put her kids to bed and went about her merry night. Um, So a few hours later, on April 24th, 1989, around 4 in the morning... Claudia woke up hearing loud voices in her head. So she later stated that the voices told her that this city in Mexico had disappeared and that all of Querétaro was a spirit, which is another city that she that the house is basically found in. Um, she called her friend, Veronica Vasquez, who asked her to calm down and promised that she would come by in the morning to help her. Because she did help with like the kids and getting the kids to school because they knew that she was basically losing her mind a little bit. Right. Um, little did Veronica know that Basically, she was never going to see these kids again, and her friend was really about to fuck shit up. Um, After Claudia hung up the phone, she got dressed like it was a normal day, even though it was really in the middle of the night, um, and went down to the kitchen and took three separate knives while her children were still asleep. At around five in the morning, she woke up and and went to her six-year-old son Alfredo's room and basically attacked him right away with one of the knives. Oh, Um, my God. And it was reported that she basically severed his left hand completely
1: Holy off. crap.
2: So he must have been in my, I don't know this for sure, but I'm thinking he tried to protect himself and right. she just hacked him away. Yeah.
1: Um, oh my God. God.
2: Yeah. So the screaming of Alfredo woke up the oldest daughter, Claudia, who was 11 years old. And she ran into the room without knowing basically what her mom was doing or what was going on. And she took in the scene and begged her mom to stop. And, um, her mom basically switched out knives and took the other knife and kind of stabbed her a couple times. Ugh. Yeah. Six times to be exact. Wow. Um, somehow while Claudia Maria was wounded, she managed to get away and tried to like climb down the steps and, and all that stuff. The loud pleading for mercy woke up the neighbors, but I wrote stupidly. I think this is really fucking stupid. No one came and tried to help. Nobody called anybody. And they just went about their night, even though they heard all this screaming. Oh, my. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, if if they were having marital problems, and they probably had screaming matches before. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't think anything yeah. of it. But I if you hear kids screaming, yeah, that's a little be, different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd go investigate that.
1: I don't know. I feel like even fights in the middle of the night, I'd be like, it's a little too late Yeah, for this. Yeah, Yeah. I'm also just a really nosy neighbor. Me
2: too. Like, I'm that kind of person. I'll be peeking out. Oh, I'll be
1: looking out the window the whole (laughs) time. Yeah.
2: So um, then with the third knife, she went into her other daughter's room, nine-year-old Anna, and stabbed her right in the heart. Oh, God. Um, Hearing something else, Claudia, the mom, rushed downstairs um, to find her oldest daughter passed out from blood loss in the dining room. Um,
0: poor thing she tried to make it out so that means yeah yeah, she
2: pretty much tried to go get help but it was for nothing since her mom stabbed her again before dragging her back upstairs and (sighs) placing her lifeless body in bed with the other two kids and then um this stuck with me because if you read about serial killers like Mm -hmm. when you cover up somebody you have some sort of guilt about what you're doing Mm -hmm. so she covered um the kids with a bed sheet and then apparently fell asleep like nothing happened
0: how do you fall asleep after that yeah
2: damn so she woke up in the morning due to pounding on the door by her friend veronica um and she apparently had no idea what where she was or how she was covered with blood all this other shit um sadly even when she was taken in by the like police and investigators after the murder she asked if she could go home and make her children breakfast So she had no. She genuinely didn't know. Yeah, she had no idea. No
0: recollection of anything that happened. Yeah. That is
2: a psychotic break. Holy crap. So during her arrest, she claimed that a demonic entity um, possessed her and made her kill her children. Um, But she was then, when they were going through everything, they had like a psychiatrist
1: come in Mm -hmm. and he diagnosed her with schizoaffective disorder. I was just going to ask is she. Any any chance of schizophrenia in there? Yeah. Yep. Um, she,
2: which this disorder basically is a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, it's marked by a combination of schizophrenia symptoms, mm-hmm. and which is funny because here we go, um, such as hallucinations and delusions, mood disorder symptoms such as depression and mania. If you've mm. ever known somebody that yep. has been manic, they sometimes don't remember what the hell they just did right. in the last couple hours. Yep. Um, and as we said before, she had um, temporal lobe epilepsy, which is a TLE, um, which is a chronic disorder of the nervous system that is characterized by reoccurrent, unprovoked focal seizures um, that originate in the temporal lobe of the brain, and they last about one to two minutes. Um, in extreme cases, it causes paranoid um, psychosis, which can make patients like lose touch of reality, so mm-hmm. they don't even know if it's real or not. Yeah.
0: So, okay. It sounds like exactly what... Yeah. She went through. Yeah.
2: Yep. And it results as like in mood changes and hallucinations as well. So she was diagnosed with the TLE before the murders. And she had, like I said, the medications and she stopped taking them. Okay. Um, and because of all these factors, she only got 30 years in prison. So she was 33. She so got out she, at 63. She, yep. So yep. she got out. So she got out of prison in 2019 after finishing her 30-year sentence.
0: That's not that long ago.
2: No. Yeah disgustingly she expressed her wish to move back into her home okay Um, so but as of April 2019 she lives in a private specialized like psychiatric clinic Mm -hmm. in Mexico City they're not gonna let her just run the streets no she's like squeaky from like she got out but there's no way that she's living her best life right now partying and clubbing like
1: she's watched You know? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, for um, her own safety, too. I mean, if you can kill your whole kids, what can you do to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And
2: it's it's very sad that she had all these issues and, like, they couldn't really catch it in time. Yeah. They couldn't make her not basically lose it, you know? Right. So, um, some house info and, like, ghostly information that I found is, um, if you look up the house now, it's bizarre looking. Like... The city and the people basically wanted this shit boarded up. So it's now like blocked up with brick walls and barbed wire.
0: Oh. Why did they just tear it down?
2: There's talk about that. I think it's a funding issue, but I'm not completely sure. Um, There isn't a direct entrance into the house anymore because they bricked it up, like, they put a brick wall there and barbed wire, so even if you tried to jump over, you would get... So, I,
0: I get the this awful tragedy happened, and I, and I know, like, I've seen pictures, and the house was literally covered in blood, but for them to do that must mean that maybe something else is going on in that house mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah, so... Is, that, is it, like, severely haunted?
2: <laughs> yes. Maybe she My was man. possessed. Yeah, that's what,
1: like...
0: Well, the thing with possessions is... When you are possessed by a demon, it doesn't just, usually, it doesn't just, boom, magically go Yeah,
1: it's over time, right?
0: You know, usually once you're possessed, you're possessed, and you need an exorcism to get the demon out of you, unless you fully, 100%, did everything evil that the demon wanted, and I highly doubt that killing your children was just this one thing that this demon wanted. And when this also when this happens, the demon has taken over, right? Mm -hmm. You have no recollection.
1: Yeah, so the fact that she would have just gone back to sleep...
0: But not only that, but the fact that she covered her kids with a sheet.
1: Yeah. So
0: a part of her was still there. So in a, in a demonic possession, none of you is there Mm-mm, at that yeah. moment. You're, you're gone.
2: There was also talk about, um, like, I don't know if this is local legend or if it's just, like, a a go-off of the story. There were reports that when her and her husband would fight, she used to complain that his eyes would be red, like a demon, like, and she would be, like, scared of him and stuff like that. There's also There was also, like, a story about how... Um, when Veronica would go in the house, she would, um, Claudia used to complain that the house was dying from the inside out and that there's like, she would complain of like this horrible dead person, like dead meat smell. Mm -hmm. Um, and also that Veronica has seen her look like a monster, like with claws Um. and like weird, weird stuff. So it almost like makes it seem like the house gives you hallucinations and the house makes you think that all this crazy shit's happening there. So, um, the house became pretty popular after the murders, and, like, vandals, thrill-seekers such as paranormal investigation people, um, investigators, and also people like me, curious neighbors, mm-hmm. started sneaking into the home after the police stopped patrolling after the crime, and now, um, graffiti covers the walls, doors are hanging off their hinges, and the bathtub, um, is smeared with red paint. Oh! oh. Um what I found really weird and super creepy for some reason. Um vegetation actually threatens to infiltrate the house through a back door at the back wing of the house. Um but stops at the edge of the door frame as if it's stopped by like an invisible like threshold. That's so it won't go like Oh, I don't like that. It won't go into the house. And you know, plants they thrive on sun. Right. So it's almost as if the house is so dark and full of shit that it's there's no vegetation wants to even go in this thing, which is crazy to me.
0: Right.
1: Oh,
2: I don't like it. So the house is super freaking creepy. As we're talking about, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. People have um, basically heard things and seen things. Um, but the house basically comes alive at night. the The locals have said that it's it's charged with something. Um, there are pictures of the house and the murder scene online that you can obviously look up. Mm-hmm. Um, Another local legend has it that the house um, that she committed the crime in is haunted, like we're talking about. And people report hearing the children scream and pleading for help. Um, Neighbors claim that the screams are so loud that they can hear them inside their own homes. Oh, my My God. God. Yeah. And um, they see small figures standing upstairs and looking out the windows and mysterious light apparitions in there and all that other stuff. Yeah, it's it's like a super creepy haunted freaking place. And I think that that's why it's...
0: No wonder they're trying to board it up. Yeah. yeah,
2: they don't want anybody in there, basically. So if you do go and you try to get in there, that's it's just trespassing at this point. You're not even—they don't even want you near the place. Yeah, yeah. they don't want anyone. And to it's in, in Mexico,
1: there. correct? Yep, yep. And I mean, they take like any haunting kind of thing much more oh, seriously. Yeah. they're down. like oh, yeah. more religious, I think, me- and yeah. like spiritual. It's much more of a yeah. spiritual, yeah,
2: yeah. Like they think. I mean, of who it knows? Deep. Maybe
0: I'm wrong. Maybe this was some kind of demon possessing. The whole house or yeah or I, no. because this sounds a little bit like um the true amityville horror mm-hmm. story where um before the lux family moved in and the whole amityville yeah. thing happened the original the original murders that happened was from uh ronald joseph DeFeo, where he woke up in the middle of the night and just shot his yeah. whole family and then went to bed like nothing happened and yeah didn't really recall mm-hmm. you know it sounds very uh similar to that
1: yeah it does Yes, I always
2: read that story, and you know I'm kind of a spec, like a, a skeptic when it comes to demons and possessions and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't really say that out loud. Now I'll be fucking possessed. But it's just <laughs> the whole thing. I don't know. Well, the second hard family, hard it was me. all. Yeah, it's hard it for me to hoax, believe but... certain things. Like we tried to watch a documentary about that once, I and I was just like, I
0: don't, I don't like, think it was a hoax, though. Really? Uh, so the Warrens investigated Amityville. See, yeah. but they're
2: the people that I really don't yeah. trust. I've never really like enjoyed hearing about them and learning about them. No, they just seem. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But that's. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad. It's <laughs> I don't just know too much opinion. about it other
1: than like it's the just movies an and like oh it, they, didn't they get charged with like a hoax or something?
0: Um. <clears throat>
1: Maybe we have to do that as our next episode. It's really interesting. Because I, don't know. I don't need. To... wants me here. The most
0: iconic <laughs> ghost picture was ever taken in the Amityville Horror House with a little kid peering over the balcony. anyway. I believe that.
1: <clears> I, <throat> I do think the house is haunted. I I'll, I'll believe the house is haunted. But I, be, I don't know if I believe in possessions. I, I think stuff we like need that. an Amityville episode now. That would be cool. I need to learn more. <clears throat>
0: All right, let's go back a little bit. Yes. Um, so it sounds like this place is definitely extremely haunted. I mean, the locals are boarding it up, don't want anything yeah. to do with it. You can't go near it. Plants aren't even growing inside <laughs> of it. Like, they're bl- literally <laughs> leaning away from the freaking Nothing. house. It's <laughs> yeah. insane.
2: And while I was doing my research, I found um, it was ranked number two on a top 10 most haunted places in North America number list. Two. Houses. Wow. Most haunted houses, <laughs> per se. Yeah. Because I don't remember what number one is, but they said basically that this place is so haunted that it's boarded up and they don't even want you in there. Well, wow. I mean, crap.
0: the neighbors are still hearing screams, seeing child figures mm-hmm. in the windows. That's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. So I'm going to go call my mom and we'll be right back. <laughs> Ghost Encounters podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their digital marketing experts, professional photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If you're enjoying Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. And we are back. Did you call your mom and tell you you loved her? I know I did. So I did my research on La Lorana. Uh, there was actually a movie that came out recently called The Curse of La Lorana. Uh, it came out in 2019. They tied it into the Conjuring universe. It has oh. nothing to do with it. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was a very interesting uh, movie. Uh, it was a really cool take on the tale of La Lorana. Um, but this is what the tale is. Generations of Mexican children have grown up afraid of La Lorana a wailing woman whose misdeeds in life have left her spirit trapped on earth where she torments little children. She's the stuff of legends and myths and spooky bedtime stories whose origins date back hundreds of years. The story varies a little depending on who tells it, but the gist is basically this. Long ago, a beautiful but hopelessly impoverished village woman named Maria caught the eye of a village nobleman, a Spaniard, who pursued her despite the warnings of the villagers. They eventually married and had two sons. Soon, their differences became too much for their relationship to handle. Their marriage had a rough patch. Her husband spent less and less time at home, and whenever he was home, he paid only attention to the children and not to her. Eventually, the nobleman leaves Maria and marries another woman, thereby mending his strained relationship with his family. One day, she sees him with another woman along the lake. She becomes enraged beyond reason.
2: Well, what a dick. Yeah. You're just, like, flaunting your new relationship right in front of your... Pretty much. Ex. That sucks. So she was
0: already, I hate to say it, but angry with her children, because when he was around, he was only paying attention to them. So
2: she's, like, jealous of her Mm -hmm. kids.
0: Yeah. So she wakes them up, and she leads them to the lake, and they're asking her questions of what they're doing, and she doesn't really answer... And she ends up drowning both her children in that same lake. They kicked and flailed, but she kept holding them down underwater. water. The splashing soon stopped and everything was quiet. She immediately realized and regretted what she had done. And she started crying out in Spanish, oh my children, oh my children. Maria is said to have drowned herself afterwards, but when she arrived at heaven's gates, she was denied entry and banished back to purgatory on Earth until she could find her lost children. She's now known as La Lorana, which translates to The Weeping Woman. Now the legend says she floats over nearby bodies of water in her white funeral gown, forever weeping as she searches for her lost children. Some versions of the story say she kidnaps or attacks children. Others say she attacks cheating husbands. Regardless.
1: As she should.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Get him, girl.
0: Regardless of what she's doing, when you hear her cries, the directive is clear: run.
1: Oh, okay. If you say so. That's scary.
0: But here we have another mother who blacks out in anger.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Kills her children and then immediately feel, regrets it. I
2: feel like it's like a common theme with women and and killing their kids. Like I, there was this. There was um, a crime documentary I watched. I'm not sure the family name or anything like that, but she drowned, like, five of her kids in the bathtub. Yes. And just and she mm-hmm. was like, I did it. It happened. You know, like, I don't remember her name or anything, but
1: it's just, like, I feel like you hear that a lot.
0: Yeah, I remember that story. That one, like, kind of hit headlines. Yeah. There was the just one a few yeah. weeks
1: ago or a few, like, yeah, last down. week. Yeah. We're in, out towards
2: Philly. Yeah, there yeah. was, I think I heard from a co-worker Um, she said that this woman killed her twin sons, I think, they just over
1: the weekend. Twins, um, they were, they had a few years between them, but she was, like, facing eviction from her landlord because she hadn't paid her rent in, like, months. Okay. But her landlord was her ex-sister-in-law. Oh. Oh. So her her soon-to-be ex or current ex, I'm not sure if the divorce was finalized or not, But, yeah, her, like, ex-sister-in-law was, like, trying to kick her out of the house when she had nowhere to go with her kids. Not condoning, like, killing your kids at all, but, like, also as, like, a sister-in-law, like.
2: Yeah, this is the one, um, my friend Maribel, uh, from work said, uh, California mom admits to allegedly killing three of her kids with the help of her teen son.
1: Oh, that was not the one I was thinking of. On Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Holy crap. Yeah,
2: yeah, it says, um, Angela Flores, I think that's her name.
1: Yep. Mine, her last yeah. name was Nguyen, or Nguyen, Nguyen, Nguyen. Yeah, so see, like, it's
2: just such a common, it's, like... It is a common like, thing. Like, it's weird. I feel like it's, not to go off on a tangent or anything, but I feel like it's, like, a postpartum, almost. It so very like, well could it be. It could be, like, something yeah. from having that lingering on word. I know it doesn't last forever, so Yeah, well, when cases, I was researching
0: this, a lot of that postpartum came up.
2: Yeah, yeah. like, it's just so... It's just... Something that it's it, a it doesn't trend, make sense it
1: like because it's a lot of it happens so far after childbirth. Yeah. But it's like I mean trauma like, is trauma. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. as a new mother you don't sleep, you don't eat, like yeah, you don't really have time to process the emotions in the moment. I I guess that and that can definitely on, cause some damage yeah. later on in life. And depending on the living situation and yeah. you know, if the father's involved and all that, and stuff, especially you're a if this mom. was a planned pregnancy or not. Yeah. If it's something that you just there's kind all of, those factors yeah. weighs you down.
0: Yeah.
1: Mental health is scary.
0: Well, yeah, back is. to La La Let me read you some quotes from various people who have uh either heard about or encountered La Larana. Here's the first one. I'm Venezuelan, but I grew up in Mexico. And La Larana, This is how Mom got us to make sure we would come back at five. It gets dark. You're inside. Or La will get you.
2: Oh, that's nice. It's like Krampus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, you better be fucking good because Krampus is going to come eat your face. Yeah, that's exactly how
0: some of the cultures are with La Llorana.
2: Wow. Interesting. Uh, According
0: to Legends of uh, America, the tall, wailing spirit of La continues to haunt the P.E.R.A. Building Public Employees Retirement Association in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is said to have been built on a Spanish-Indian graveyard near the Santa Fe River. <clears throat> here's flag, one,
2: graveyard. Yep.
0: Here's what one guy Run has away. to say about it. Many people who have been employed there tell of hearing cries resounding through the halls and feeling unseen hands pushing them while on the stairways. Here's another one. A family was sitting outside talking. They saw a tall, thin woman walking along the creek. She then seemed to float over the water, started up the hill, and vanished. However... Just moments later, she reappeared much closer to them and then disappeared again. The family looked for footprints and found none. They had no doubt that the woman they had seen was La Llorana. Venezuelan actress Patricia Velasquez, who was in The Curse of La Llorana, said that the curse of La Llorana is something we grow up with. And actor Raymond Cruz said that the legend of La Llorana has been handed down from generation to generation, especially in the Latin community, where you're warned that if you don't behave, La Llorana will get you. Not might get you will get you. Different cultures have their own versions of Lalarana. Uh, in Norse mythology, the figure uh, Gudrun kills her own children as well, as do the Greek figures of Medea and Lamia, the latter of whom was turned into a child-eating monster when she was found to be Zeus's mistress by Hera. Medea in particular has a lot in common with Maria. Both women alienate themselves from their worlds for their men. Both grow jealous and then rage and act in defiance.
2: Hera did that like a bunch of times. Like she, she like, in the story of Hercules, she found out that Zeus was banging somebody down in Earth, made a demigod, and she wanted to get rid of of Hercules. Yeah. And then she actually took Hercules's um, wife Megara or whatever her name is, and made and made Hercules go insane. And then Hercules actually killed them in Greek mythology. Like oh. it, it's like a
1: super tragic story Th- compared to the all, movie. All Disney. Of
0: that stuff. <laughs> if you want details about that, that. They are a little bit messed up.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. This is definitely not the Hercules Disney movie yes, I watched. No.
2: Perk of having an older sister that's obsessed with Greek mythology. Interesting.
1: Well, I
0: told her we're going to do a podcast on that, and she's going to be on and Yeah, heck yeah. she
2: could literally bat an eyelash and just go off on a tangent about <laughs> Greek mythology. I she's fantastic. That. Yes.
0: So before we go here, um, there's a few more killer moms i like to briefly mention. Uh, Christy Sheets. The 42-year-old mom told her daughters, Taylor, 22, and Madison, 17, Mm -hmm. that they were having a family meeting. She then pulled out a gun and opened fire, killing Madison instantly and chasing Taylor into the street where she delivered one last fatal shot. When police arrived at the scene, they shot Christy dead in the street. According to police, her motive was to make her husband suffer Mm -hmm. after he had plans to divorce her.
2: What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about the family meetings, but it's never went down that way in my Yeah,
1: house. no. I family meeting is normally, tale. uh... So you've been drinking a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then we have Jessica Edens. In 2017, the 36-year-old mom shot and killed Meredith Rahame, a woman she believed her husband was having an affair with before turning the gun on her two children and then herself. An uncovered suicide note explained her motives, which was to create everlasting consequences and pain for her husband, Ben Edens. She said to Ben, you have caused me more pain than I ever have been in my life. You have caused my children pain. I hate you. I hope you rot one day for what you have done to me and my kid. You can no longer hurt us. We are at peace.
2: Well, who the hell is she to make that judgment call? Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. That has me... This has me fucking irritated. <sighs> but we,
0: we keep seeing this common theme of... Yeah. Jealous moms or enraged yes. moms from cheating husbands. like... But that's no excuse to take it out I on your know, kids. I know. I
2: don't want to be insensitive, but get it the fuck together because mm-hmm. you don't take it out It's on your not kids. fair to the kids. They should be able to live a normal life, even though you hate your ex's guts. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like exactly. that's just crazy to just feel like it's necessary to, to take go. it out on your baby. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's just that's insane. absolutely awful. That's terrible.
0: Ugh. But thinking about doing this podcast, we can actually go back to a previous podcast, the Cecil Hotel. Do you remember Dorothy Jean Purcell? The one
2: that threw her kid out the window? That's
0: right. So, if you haven't listened yet, go to the Cecil Hotel episode and you'll hear about her. I'll give a brief uh, uh, explanation about her. But Dorothy Jean Purcell was sharing a room at the Cecil Hotel with her boyfriend, who was a shoe salesman. Uh, Ben Levine, his name was. Apparently, um, she was unaware that she was pregnant. And that night, she went into labor. Herschel knew Ben would be furious if he was woken up and even more furious if he found out that she gave birth to a baby because wasn't she the mistress?
2: Yeah, he was married. Yeah. He was married.
0: So she goes to the bathroom and she gives birth to a baby boy. She didn't know what to do, but she knew she couldn't keep it. She went to the window and opened it up quietly. She paused and then threw her newborn out the window. He landed on the roof of an adjacent building. She checked out the hotel the next day with Levine as if nothing happened. Uh, she was eventually charged with murder, but psychiatrists testified that she was mentally confused at the time of the incident in January 1945, and she was found not guilty by reason of insanity.
1: I feel like even if you're insane, you're still
2: guilty, though. Yeah. yeah. That is definitely a touchy subject. That is, like, a complicated
1: thing it's for like anybody sometimes to Sometimes I get it, but, like... That's a baby. Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's like I said, something that like I feel insensitive saying anything about like, but kill
1: the 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 guy that's gonna be mad at you for giving birth. Not like the super but me, me, right.
2: me being me, I'm just like throw yourself out the window. Well yeah like, You know, why like, did you have to take it out on some defenseless like exactly. kid? Yeah.
1: Like Ugh. Not that I, not that I support suicide. We're just like, yeah. go give birth to the baby in the lobby, and then have someone the, at the Cecil Hotel she, check I, the baby. she had options. Very sad. It was just that she, crazy that. Yeah.
0: She she got away. So by unfortunate. Reason of insanity. Yeah. yeah. You know, unfortunate
2: just, that she felt the need to do that. It's very sad. Sad yeah. that she, you yeah. know, got away with it, and you know, the whole these are, tragic. These were all yeah.
0: very sad, tragic stories, and it's awful to hear stories about kids being murdered. Yeah, um, it's awful. Well, on that note, happy Mother's Day to all the good and wonderful moms out there. Stay spooky.
1: Don't ask your handyman to build a coffin. And don't hesitate to get help.